Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast. As always, I am your host with the Hall of French Toast, Freddie Carlson, and we have a good one for you today. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, joining me as always on the other side of the microphone is my good friend, the heart of the wrestling fan base himself, Angelo Belli. Say hello to the people, Angelo. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of your favorite wrestling podcast. Well, we are happy to be with you today, and in fact, I have some very special news. We have a big episode for you today. We have some special guests joining us on the other side of the microphone as well, as we are in this COVID world where Zoom and, you know, interacting through the computer is the only way to do things. We have three very special guests joining us today right now. In fact, the numbers might uh, go up as we go, because there's a handful who we're not sure of. We are joined, first of all, by an old friend who's returning once again, Raf. Say hello, Raf. What is up, the people? How, how are you, the people, doing? Uh, I hope you enjoy this podcast. I, I wear a beloved coast there. I wear a beloved host there. And they're going to we have some fun. We're going to talk a lot of fun today. There we go. I love that. Uh, we also have two new first-time guests to the podcast. We got our good friend, Adam. Say hello, Adam. Hey, what's good, everybody? Today's going to be a good episode. Hope you all enjoy it. And I just saw him join. I don't know if he's able to speak just yet, but we also have our friend Evan on here. Evan, can you hear us? Okay, Evan's connecting still. No problem. Well, when Evan's here, he'll chime in, I'm sure. So, uh, the purpose of this episode... Hi! Was... Oh, there I'm we gonna go. I'm going to pretend I wasn't just chowing down on a Chipotle burrito. What's up, guys? <laughs> it's okay. We've all been eating here, so... It's, it's, it's a fun day. Angelo and I have been looking forward to this for a while now. Um, over the course of the last, uh, you know, uh, you know, the last year since we started this podcast, it's been almost a year. Wow. You've heard me and Angelo at different points reference, uh, a group chat that we, well, I have been in for a while and Angelo recently joined with some friends. We always talk wrestling. We we talk life. You know, it's pretty cool to be able to do that with guys who I've, I've never met any of them before. I've met Austin once. And other than that, I haven't met any of you guys, but it's pretty cool to be able to, to still be in contact about things. And, uh, we all met through social media and through our mutual love of wrestling, and we're here today to talk about wrestling, and uh, we're going to talk about WrestleMania. We are on the road to WrestleMania, as uh, as everyone knows. Well, actually, not officially. Uh, the Royal Rumble is next week at the time of recording, but be that as it may. Uh, we're going to talk about some of our favorite WrestleMania moments, matches, our hopes and predictions for this year, and... You know, just kind of just have some fun. So this episode probably will be a little longer than our normal ones, but you know, we got a lot of guys here. We're gonna have some fun, have a good time. So uh, let me start off by saying that was not PG, but uh, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we're just gonna ignore that one uh, and move right along. Um, so let's get started by talking about <clears throat> WrestleMania in general. Uh, when you guys. Uh, think of WrestleMania being the biggest WWE show and arguably the biggest wrestling show overall of the entire year. What do you think about? What is like something that just when you think of WrestleMania, the first thing that pops into your head? Uh, let's see. We got some guests. We'll let our guests go first. Any of you guys want to chime in? Oh, um, we're talking about. Oh, go, go ahead. All right. <laughs> I'll go first. Yeah. yeah. Well, WrestleMania is really just like. I think as aptly put, I think it was JBL. It's like the Super Bowl 
of the wrestling world. It's like a culmination of like so many important storylines that have been built up from the years or um, multi-year feuds, if, if you will. So it's kind of like, it's cool to see like these all high profile matches and like the big stage where like, you know, even people who don't watch wrestling casually always tune into WrestleMania. So it's kind of like a, you know, big staple of the wrestling world. Absolutely. Yeah. Ralph, Ra, you had something? Uh, typically, of course, I always look forward to the Andre the Giant but more Memorial Battle Royal on the pre-show. Yeah, we all we love them. Um, it, it's going to be a few weirdos, Derek, because we know for a fact, it's, when you always think about WrestleMania, you think about Undertaker matches, right? And we know for a fact he's retired now. Like, we, we Let's really hope, hope he's he retired is, and stays retired. Because he, he, he retired to the best wrestler, who, in my eyes, the best wrestler of the, of the ever since Shawn Michaels. The best wrestler in the world, I've seen Shawn Michaels. AJ Styles. So this type of thing where uh, you know, look at you always look at the main events. I definitely look over at Brock Brock Lesnar matches. I actually I, I enjoy those matches because I know he's good on his show. I know he's going to show up. And just uh, just the big names. The big the big names always get you. I always am surprised by the opener. Well, not, not surprised, but I always expect something out of the opener. And openers have always been great. But the main event is the huge. That's that, that's it. That's the finish. And if, if you have a great main event to a great WrestleMania, it's going to turn out to be. It's going to turn out to be a great WrestleMania in the history of all WrestleManias. Oh, I couldn't have said it better. I mean, we've unfortunately seen some some uh, crappy ones, but we've also seen some amazing ones. You know, we we avoid WrestleMania 32, we avoid Triple H and Roman Reigns at all costs. But for every one of those, you get you know, what's it called, Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle. So, you know, there's 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 a trade off that we all have. We can be happy with. Um, uh, Evan, did you have anything you wanted to add for this one? I already feel embarrassed based on their responses. Those are great points that they made. I, I don't know. I think I always think about like the atmosphere because, like, especially like the past few years where it's like outdoors. So they have like those grand setups. They have the epic entrances. It's just always such fun to watch. Yeah. No. I. You know. I, I think that. The bigger the spectacle that they make of it, like you said, like those entrances. I, I love me a good entrance. You know, like watching um, you know Triple H entrance. They might be just as long as Undertaker's at this point because they just go on and on forever. But it's pretty cool. You know, I'm hoping that you know this year they can kind of return to that. Last year's Mania just felt so empty. No, no, no knock on the fact that they had no other alternative with you know the empty arena. But uh, for me, WrestleMania is just kind of the point of the calendar where as a wrestling fan, you just always look forward to that time of year, you know, January to April is WrestleMania season. And it's, it's meant to be a time of year where people come in and people, you know, you have some of the biggest names in wrestling. And even if they bring back legends and bring back, you know, different guys and characters and segments, it is meant to be the highlight of the year. And for the most part, it continues to be, you know, unfortunately, we do have our low points, and we're all bound to have them uh, from time to time. But WWE does their best to avoid it these days, and you know that that's something that I appreciate that they tried to do. Angelo, what do you got to say about WrestleMania? One thing that I definitely look forward to are, you know, the moments that happen. I mean, you know, you look back at Mania Thirty Five when we went, and after eleven years of being in the company, Kofi Kingston won his first World Championship. That moment was one for the ages without a doubt. Oh yeah. So for me it's it's more of the little like significant moments that happen. 
Oh, for sure, right. for sure. In fact, I think uh, three of the five of us were actually at that WrestleMania. I know, I know, Angela, we went together. Um, yeah. I know, Raph, you were there, and in fact, Austin was. was there as well. Yeah. Uh, he's not on with us tonight. Uh, it was pretty cool to have WrestleMania be right there near us and uh, and be in the area. You know, right. I, I said to myself after I couldn't go to Mania 29 um, back when I was I was 13 at the time. Not even I was 12. Yeah. I was right before my 13th birthday, and I begged my mom for tickets. I begged her so many times, and she just never let me have it. So I said to myself, the next time that they are here, I don't care how old I am, I don't care how much it costs, I'm going. I paid three hundred and fifteen dollars to Angelo, but you know, because your brother bought the tickets. But man, was it worth it! That night was seven and a half hours of just pure elation. And I think and let me just chime in on that. Yeah, um, go ahead. I feel like WrestleMania thirty-five is honestly one of the best WrestleManias of the recent history. It really everything. The fact, like, I was so surprised it gave us Seth beating Brock, Becky winning the title, and Kofi winning. All in the same night. Vince Absolutely. doesn't do that. All of the all of the titles that we wanted to see change changed. All the baby faces went over that night, <laughs> <laughs> except for except for Corbin. Corbin Corbin didn't go over. Oh, uh, we, we, what do you we mean? Ignore that. Corbin's the biggest baby <laughs> face of all time. Well, he didn't go over though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we ignore Corbin going over, but I agree. I mean, all bias aside, because we were there live. I do. I love that mania. I've gone back and watched probably half that that show if not most of that show you know multiple times since then you know because it was just it was, it, it's such a amazing thing for them to give you what you want no pun intended on batista's promo right before wrestlemania that year <laughs> um you know, you know we got what we wanted out of the show i mean i thought we were gonna get one or two of those three things that you referenced there raf and we got all three and more like hawkins and Ryder won the tag titles on the kickoff show I I lost my mind when they won the tag titles. Even though it was a pre-show, you know, five, ten-minute match. And, of course, the revival looked stupid again. But Hawkins and Ryder are awesome to me. And they, they, you know, such a cool night. Long Island really went over on 35, if you think about it. Because you also had Tony Nese win the the Cruiserweight belt. I was a big fan. I was a big fan of 205 Live. And Tony Nese was one of those guys like just give him a strap. Because, you know, Tony Nese has the best 450 in the game, and I'll fight you on that. But, like, <laughs> it's like a, it's, a, it's just a good moment if you just think about it. Like, all the people, like, you know, really – you don't really think about how impactful they're going to be until, like, it actually happens. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, and he's right about that because I, I, I come from Long Island, so I did go over. I, I was there. First time I've been to WrestleMania, so and I went Raph, over. And, Raph, I'm glad of myself. your seats, dude. I am oh, so no, freaking dude. jealous of where you sat. <laughs> but – not to say that I didn't like where we sat, because I had a view of everything. I kind of had no, we had no trouble seeing anything. But right. no, that was that was honestly like one of the best seats that I think I've ever had at a wrestling event. I've been to multiple oh. Summer Slams, multiple takeovers, and I've never experienced anything like WrestleMania. It, it was a next level experience, and I know they just announced the next few years where they're going to be. If you have a chance to get there, you know whether you're listening at home or any of you guys who haven't gotten there. You have to go just once. Yep. As 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 wrestling fans, whether we're lapsed, whether we watch the product regularly or not, it is honestly one of the greatest experiences I have ever been able to have. I'm twenty. I'm almost twenty one years old, and I, so I haven't had a lot. But in that twenty one years, I've had a lot. Uh, that was. I'm going to the Hollywood. I'm trying to get to, to thirty nine. That's my goal. That's gonna be. Oh, it's gonna be epic. 
Just, yeah, I think it's yeah. hard for a lot of fans to even get to WrestleMania, though, because, like, a lot of them don't even get to go, I feel like, until they reach, like, your guys' age. Yeah. The last time WrestleMania was anywhere near where I'm at, the West Coast, that was in WrestleMania 31. And, well, I mean, how long ago was that? I don't even... Uh, six, well, six years. Six years. I can't even count. Yeah. Six years. But, like, even then, I can't afford it. <laughs> at, 14, 15 age. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, that's why I couldn't go to Mania 29. I was in that same boat. I begged and begged. And, you know, I was lucky enough that yeah. the second time around, I had a full-time job that could pay for it. And, you know, I saved money for a solid six, seven months because they made the announcement, you know, in April and the tickets went on sale in November. And I was like, I don't care what I got to pay. I'm going to just keep throwing money in the bank. No, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the story, and I couldn't go to 29 either because I asked my mom, I was begging her. She's like, didn't I take you to a live event? I'm like, Ma, it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Ma, you don't understand. Uh, uh, you go to a house well, show, and that's like a house show. Odds are, odds are Undertaker actually showed up to that one. You know, I'm still pissed at Undertaker for not showing up to WrestleMania. The one WrestleMania we go to is the one in 30 years that he freaking misses. Exactly. <laughs> that, was, that was honestly like, I was hoping that he would come out, but Freddie, you, I know, I know the way you are with this. When Cena came out, the oh, doctor I, I nearly, of I nearly crapped myself because I was so excited. <laughs> I, was <laughs> I literally, I got, <laughs> oh my god, I got pissed because I feel like I was the only one hyped, and everyone else around me was like, "Oh yay!" I was like so hyped. I was like jumping. Oh man, <laughs> I think Freddie. I think when. In our, I think in our section, our whole section was when going we up. were rapping the theme song along with with the like the the loud uh, music, and yeah. I have the video. My, you can't even see like a damn thing. Like I'm like this because Angelo and I are just going nuts. Uh, yeah. It was unbelievable. Right. Oh man, yeah. But when he came out, I, I it made up for it a little bit. But I'm, I, I has anyone here actually seen Taker live? Any of you guys? I have. I saw yeah. Taker on his birthday in 2014, before the streakers broke. He came out of a casket, I think. I, I, I'm not sure if it was a contract signer or something. And people in the crowd were just shouting, happy birthday, Taker. It was, it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I got to see him wrestle live once. His match with Brock at SummerSlam 2015, where he low-blowed him and then Brock flipped him off. Uh, during the Hell's Gate, that was the only time I've seen Taker live. So I, I'm that was that was such a frustrating year because I could have gone to like so many events in 2015 because they were like half like everything in summer themed was in Brooklyn and I live in Staten Island, which is like 30 like not even 10 minutes away. So it's kind of frustrating, you know. Yeah, and and of course, I I was for myself to get down there. It's a hike because I'm from you know Yonkers, which is like right above the Bronx. So you gotta. You gotta hike yeah. your way down there, man. It's a it's a it's a process to get down to Brooklyn. Yeah, but I made countless trips there. I went to three out of those four Summer Slams. I went to two of the Takeovers and I and an episode of Monday Night Raw. Plus, I went to a contracts autograph signing at a Toys R Us in Brooklyn um, with two of my friends. We stood in line for seven and a half hours in the blistering heat to meet Finn Balor. For thirty seconds, 
had the worst hot dog I've ever had in line. Pretty sure they may have spiked it with something, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it's a Toys R Us from Brooklyn. As a former Brooklyn resident, I'm not surprised. Let's be real here. <laughs> yeah. 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 So anyway, we, we strayed from the topic a little bit. Back to WrestleMania. Um, so yeah, any, anything else we wanted to talk about with that? I, I, I'm not sure if you guys had anything else you wanted to throw in there. Alrighty, well, the next thing I wanted to talk about, and this one's going to be very difficult, I think, because I'm struggling to pick one. Favorite WrestleMania match. There is 36 WrestleManias to choose from. 36 long years, and I'm pretty sure we've all seen like the, the best of the best of the best, at least you know in some way, shape, or form before. And, there's, and we might have our own personal opinions, so... You know, uh, and, uh, Angelo, you had you had sent me a list before. You texted me something. So while I, while we let our guests think, why don't you talk about some of your favorites? Uh, so, oh, crap. Hold on, let me let me open it up because I do have two or three written down, like that I could really think of. Um, so. One of them would be WrestleMania 26, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, Streak versus Career. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one was just the whole build up to it, the emotion, like it was a year-long <sighs> build. Just so much to talk about on that one. <laughs> oh, I mean, you, I, we could stay here for days and break down like every match. Like I, I loved that build up because. They teased it, they teased it, and then they just dropped it over your head at some point. I remember the, the, the that Mania performance was, I mean not Mania, the Rumble match for Shawn Michaels. I was never so emotionally invested in somebody. I was so sad when he got eliminated from the Rumble because I thought we weren't getting the rematch. And I really wanted to see it. So yeah, I, I agree. Angelo, though, I will have to say, as good as that match was, the build was fantastic. I maintain personally that the match they had the year before, year before. is, in my opinion, and, and you know, I know this is an arguable statement, the greatest wrestling match ever, in my opinion. Like, not just Mania, I'm talking all time, personally. I, I, I am held true to that for years, and I still believe that to be the case. Mania Man, that's why I like Angelo more than I like Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, game up, bro. Listen, it's, it's a personal, it's a personal bias for several reasons. Let me you. explain. Let me explain. Number one, that was the first WrestleMania I ordered on pay per view to watch live. So I have a personal bias to that show in general. I mean, the rest of the show was eh, but that match just kind of plopped right in the middle was perfect. And secondly. The the story behind it. If you like, the build may not have been as good as like in terms of compared to the second the second match they had, but the story, heaven versus hell, even down to their entrances, the the stuff like that, just so perfect for their characters. Sean, this you know he's fought his demons to now be one with you know coming from the heavens while taker rose from hell because he signified like that stuff to me just the little bits of storytelling taker basically broke his damn neck in that match came out and still wrestled another 15 minutes and i tell you his 
face when Sean kicked out of that first tombstone. You can't tell me he didn't sell that perfectly. Personally, that's well. So that's why I hold true to that. But Angela, I do understand where you're coming from, and Raph, I can see your face. I'm sure you got something that you want to say. So go ahead. Okay. Okay. So much. So much like you. Reason why WrestleMania 26. Uh, I also not. Not WrestleMania 26. I really that was kind of like a trash mania anyway. But the match at Sean Taker itself. Why well, I have a personal bias because, like you, it's the first uh, pay per view, first pay per view I've actually actually ever seen in person. I do believe, like live on TV. And I just remember watching that match and just the emotion going into it. And, and we all talk about the build and all that. But to me, it was the complete package of not just the build, the finish, Sean's defiance, the way he just. Did the he just slapped Taker in the face? Oh, the tombstone. I'm sorry, I just hit my desk, but that tombstone and it was the leaping tombstone too. I think that's where he started doing the leaping tombstone. I love that he cost him the match at the chamber, cost him the title, all that. I that's my favorite match ever. Without that, favorite match ever. I have my own way of looking at favorites ever and best of all time. I really can't decipher what the greatest match of all time is, but I'm just going to throw Austin and Rock WrestleMania 17 in there absolutely. because I absolutely love that match. Absolutely. Love that nope. match. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to that match, I think that is the uh, I think that is the definition of the height of wrestling. Period. The popularity of wrestling was never bigger than in that time period. And they capitalized on it with the two biggest names they had. And just let them go out there. And they went with the craziest decision ever. And they mm-hmm. turned Stone Cold Steve Austin heel. You in my cannot... opinion, that was the end of the Attitude Era. It was. I, 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 I don't care about the whole invasion angle. That angle was trash. They... Ended the attitude era. The invasion is a segue. Think of it like that. It's just like a segue. It's a segue to the ruthless aggression era. I like that, Adam. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, match though, and if you actually go back and watch it, was very good. You know, for a a, a no a no disqualification WrestleMania main event, I thought it was very good. Yeah. Uh, uh, Go ahead. My my favorite matches, kind of like in terms of like how iconic they were are like kind of pale into comparison. I kind of have like two matches like, like Brock versus Roman at 31 is like one of my favorites and because mm-hmm. he, for several reasons, mainly cause like, um, first off Brock and Roman, I don't care. You smarkiness aside, it's just a good like pause fight. And I'm a sucker for those. Right. And then you have, you know, Rollins, you know, cashing in, which I was a big, Roll- I'm still a big Rollins mark, but like, when I was like younger, it's like the whole. I hope he doesn't fail the cash because Seth Rollins was one of those cool rounds. And so seeing that and like the culmination of like how people didn't want Roman this, Roman this, don't want to go over it. Then you have someone you know steal it, like you know heist of the century. It's like it's one of the unforgettable moments. So that's like if I had to pick a singles match, that'd probably be number one. Absolutely, I I, I I'm a sucker for that match too, Adam. I. I, I can I can be honest and say that I've watched it back more times than I probably should have. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like people and people are like talking like memorable matches. It's like outside of like uh, here, uh, here, you know, some of them like in between. But like you don't you don't really talk about like the mid two thousands, mid twenty tens. I mean that much. Like from like they had a lot of good ones. Like another iconic one. I know um, Raph made the joke in the beginning, but the first Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal was actually. 
still is one of my favorite matches to just watch if I just need a, a quick match to watch. It's, it's like, and I will say this right here, it's the perfect battle royal. And I'm not afraid to say that. Like, a lot of people got their stuff in. And then you had, like, the whole home homage to, like, Andre and Hogan from Mania 3 with Cesaro and Big Show, which, in retrospect, it wasn't that big of a deal, but it made Cesaro look like a star. Like, oh. I thought he was going to be, like, you know... Like the next big thing, like Brock Brock Lesnar pun aside, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a really good battle royal. I'm just a sucker for battle royal. So, yeah, if if, uh, if you, I don't know if you guys listened to the episode I recorded a couple of months ago, my fantasy booking, rebooking of Cesaro's entire WWE career, and you know I had him win that battle royal. Obviously, I didn't change that, but the key piece for me was that that was the start of his world title push. And it should have been. They partnered him with Paul Heyman. They did so much good. And it just never reached the level that it should have. And I, and I, you know, for a match that was so good, you know, like, I agree. I think it was definitely the best Battle Royal they've ever done at WrestleMania. Yeah, it's like the best. Part. But also, it's like this, like the stage and the atmosphere is also kind of like helped it because, you know, who really thought Cesaro was going to win? Like, he loses the pre-show tag team match, like, and then he wins the battle royal in an iconic moment, and with like one of the greatest themes of all time, the real American theme blaring in the background. Like, like it's just it should have worked out, and it's like it sucks that it didn't. But hey, that yeah. doesn't discount from the moment itself. Absolutely, absolutely, that moment will forever be one of the you know best. Um, what was I going to say, Evan? Did you have any any matches that you wanted to throw in there? So. Yokozuna versus Hulk Hogan. <laughs> no, okay. Okay, CM Punk versus Undertaker. That's it. That's all I got to say. I feel like that match, the, the build-up for me was, like, so emotional, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Because. Oh, yeah. Right. That was with Paul Bearer, right? Like, Paul, uh, Paul Bearer yeah. passed away? Yeah. So, my dad was, like, he was a big wrestling fan as a, as a child, and, like, he loved the undertaker so much. And I loved CM Punk, even as a heel, like I was still in that early phase of being a wrestling fan as a kid where I hate all the heels. I love all the faces, but honestly, like I loved CM Punk. I don't know why. So the fact that it was like my dad against I, I guess, but there was just a lot of cool moments in that match that like, I really enjoyed like the table break. Yeah. I still love watching that spot again, again and again. Yeah, I think for me that that is the um the the last truly great Undertaker match, unfortunately. Like match, not cinematic, but like his last great match that he ever had because after that his body just couldn't go anymore. You know, he he's in better shape now the last couple years, but I I agree Evan, that was a fantastic match. And you know, for a guy like CM Punk who never got to main event WrestleMania, and he should have, you know, especially in that year-long title reign, you know, yeah. even, even if he didn't go over, man, he should have faced somebody. Should, you know, that main event spot, he deserved it. You know, I'm, and I'm not, a, and I'm not a guy who says people deserve a lot of things, but he just he deserved it. Yeah. Well, you you gotta remind me. Is that the that's the year he came out to Living Color playing his song, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. That was incredible. Yeah, no, that was a very yes. cool entrance. CM, 
yeah, CM Punk's one of those guys that would have benefited if they did the two night manias early because, like, with, you know, this past mania, you had the whole two night thing. So you have people like AJ Styles who got the main event of mania. Yeah, it was like, right. That's like four main events. I mean, unless you want to count the big show dark match, but I don't think anybody no, counts that. No, no, no. <laughs> and that's yeah. why we that's why we like keeping Undertaker's retirement match. Him and Styles because he made him into WrestleMania as a retirement match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's the and he is the epitome of a WrestleMania legend. You know that twenty one and zero streak. He has the best overall record at WrestleMania ever. Twenty five. Wait, wait, wait. Well, twenty one and two. RVD six and zero. I think. Oh, all right. So on a technical sense, and so, so Samoa <laughs> Joe is one and zero. So you can both say that they're batting a thousand. But I love RVD. Don't get mad at me. All right. Uh, I will say when he won Money in the Bank in 2006, that was pretty cool. I, that was uh, a good finish, though. Like he fell over and had like a mild stroke in the ring. It's kind of funny. Oh, he's about. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, another thing I love about WrestleMania is it brought a match like Money in the Bank to life. You know, I don't think that yeah. that that pay per view and the concept for that doesn't come to be without WrestleMania. You know, yeah. so for those five, six years that they did it at Mania, I think that that was like a huge thing for some of those guys because. CM Punk, RVD, Edge became world champions because and, and and Hall of Fame caliber superstars because of it. Now I'm not talking about Jack Swagger because let's be honest, Jack Swagger that was awful. But number one, too many guys in the match. Number two, he spent ten years trying to unclip the damn thing. He's up there. It's like just pull it off. It's right there. There's no one around. Uh, but yeah, the concept. The money even bank one was also good because like I mean, granted. It sucks that like he had to get injured, but Mr. Kennedy, you know what I mean? Like he oh, should have been a yeah. champion. Mr. Kennedy is like top five missed opportunities, and that's like, you know, he, you know, you know how it is. Yeah, Injuries he, happen; they put him on edge. But yeah, he falls into 2008. He falls into Jeff Hardy. Oh, go ahead, Adam. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, same with like 2008. I think I'm pretty sure Jeff Hardy was supposed to win that match because I know he dropped the belt, yep. like, the IC belt earlier. Then he failed the drug test, you know, naturally. And so they gave it to Punk. So I guess it's like a bit of a pick your poison, I guess, in terms of missed opportunities like that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I, I believe the, the 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 Hardy was supposed to win the briefcase. He would have lost the IC title at some point. And then no, he, he already lost it to Jericho previously. Oh, he did? Okay. I you see yeah. that, that's fuzzy for me. I know my mem I know my WrestleMania and my wrestling history, but it's fuzzy for that stuff. But yes, he was supposed to go over. And I felt kind of like as a Hardy fan, that would have been the year to do it, you know. Yeah. And and then Christian, I think he, you know, Punk going over the second year may have been a little excessive. I feel like yeah. Christian should have won it that year, but mm-hmm. you know that's rebooking WrestleMania. Here's another match yeah. that here's another like I I feel like if we're talking about WrestleMania and like some of the greatest matches ever. At WrestleMania, we do have to mention uh, WrestleMania three, uh, Ricky Steamboat versus Macho Man Randy Savage. I'm gonna be honest here, and this might put me in the minority. I have only watched that match for one time, start to finish, and it was probably seven or eight years ago. So I don't actually remember the match. But I have friends. Uh, Angelo and I have a friend named Mark. His dad, Hank. That is his favorite match ever. And he will, like, if you bring that up to him, he will talk about it. Hank, if you end up taking a listen to this, there's a shout-out to you. But, um, yeah, it is uh, it is arguably the greatest technical match WWE has ever produced. So 
What do you guys have to say? Yeah. Have any has any of you guys actually seen that match and have more of a statement that you can give than I can? Well, the thing with that match because I've actually seen it. I actually watched the entirety of Mania three. And like, for what it's worth, it's like a good Mania match is something that like stands the test of time, right? And Mania three is like you know thirty something years ago, going on forty or something like that. I don't know, but um, it's still like a match that still holds up today. It's like back then it was like a five star match. Now it's still like a good like four four and a half. So it's like. It's like it's like a timeless match that you can go in like any year and still watch and still thoroughly enjoy. And I think that makes a classic Mania match. That is absolutely the best way to look at it, I think. I think that any ma- any Mania match from back then is going to be that way, yeah. Yeah. Um, Personally, I did not watch. Uh, I don't really have. I think the thing that throws me off about watching matches like from back then as much like I don't even watch like 90s matches as much but it's the type of thing with, like the filter with a camera sometimes it just screws me mentally but I feel like um, I don't underestimate anything about that match because I know Macho Man Randy Savage honestly he is one of the most underrated and underappreciated wrestlers ever I feel like he was the greatest wrestler in his time period you know when I look at it look at Ric Flair Randy Savage like in that we talk about time not the greatest of all time but like we talk about the time frame I still think he, I, he's up there for me Top, top right. 10 discussion, but go ahead, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. But I feel like he was always overshadowed by Hogan. But but Macho Man had a wrestling ability, you know? There's different time frames in wrestling. To me, in the 1900s or like the Attitude Era, anytime before Attitude Era, it was always about character and building character, your promo, your work. That's why I feel like The Rock got over so well. But when it came to in-ring wrestling, it was more in the Ruthless Aggression Era. And just all that. And I feel like Macho Man Randy Savage came into a time period where it was more about... It, it, it was way more about character, and his character was amazing, but his in-ring ability was amazing. And Randy and uh, Ricky, Ricky Steamboat, I'm not going to underestimate his ability. And I never really found him that interesting of a character, but that's the character itself. In the ring, he might have been different, but I, I totally understand how people say that as a top-tier match, and I'm not going to underestimate that. I, I really do think that it could have been... Uh, when you, if you look at it now, if you put it in nowadays terms, it really can't stand to the test of time, like Adam stated, about being one of the top WrestleMania matches ever. Uh, yeah. Listen, I, like, I love that opinion, especially from someone who hasn't seen the match. So uh, that's very good. Anybody else want to uh, have, have an opinion on, on Savage Steamboat? Well, I'll be honest. I also am like always late to the party for like those older matches. But, I mean, if you're word. If your word is good, I mean, I think I'll give it a try. Honestly, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I'd love to check out some older matches, especially because like Macho Man really was like one of the greatest of all time. But I mean, it's hard to say that, I guess, because I barely watched a few, any of his matches. So, I mean, I'll definitely give that one a go, I think. Yeah, I, I do recommend. It. Like I said, I haven't watched it in a very long time, so I I have to, I have to bow back on the respect on the respect of that. But based on the opinions of those who I who like I said, taking people's word for it, it it was an amazing match. I think I think for the time too, WWE's product in the in the eighties was never about being technically proficient. It was never about having the the best, you know. Uh, mat based match, you know, you know, having all these outlying things. It was about the two biggest guys getting in there and slapping each other around for a few minutes, like Hogan and Andre. 
And then, oh, big body slam, and that's the and that's the moment everyone remembers because he sl- same show he slams Andre, and everyone's seen that. So you you kind of forget that oh, the greatest WWE match ever took place on that show, or at least what people say is the greatest WWE match ever took place on that show. You forget about that. So to me, it's just the fact that you know people aren't giving that the time. So Evan, I would say give it a check a chance if you if you do get the time, you know, look at that match. Another match not as old, but uh going still going back, you know, into the 90s at least. Um a match that I have seen a few times and I did really enjoy WrestleMania 13, the um match between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret the Hitman Hart. Uh, that was the night people truly believe that uh, Stone Cold became a star and really ascended to that next level. And his whole feud with Brett actually really did that, but especially in that particular match. Uh, Angelo, have you seen the match? What did you think of Brett versus uh, Austin uh, from back in 97? From Mania 13? Yeah. Actually, that match I didn't get to watch completely. I might have seen bits and pieces over time, but nothing like to my memory, like nothing that I can actually say, Oh, I remember a specific moment in that match. I simply remember the heart putting a bloody Austin in the sharpshooter and Austin's just on his hands, just screaming in pain. He got that look on his face. He's just like, he's going to die. And then eventually he just kind of, falls into onto the mat and passes out he doesn't tap austin did not tap out he just passed out from the pain and to me that is is something to be uh to, to, to be remembered as one of those classic wrestlemania images you know hogan slamming andre brock nearly killing himself on a, on a shooting star press and and austin bleeding while in agony or, or Michael's, you know, zip lining in from the, uh, the rafters, you know, those types of moments. But, uh, yeah, definitely one of my yeah. favorite matches. And he, yeah. I mean, it also, it's like, it's kind of hard to do a double turn, which I think Austin versus Hart is like the go-to example for a yeah. good double turn. Cause you know, you can't do double turns well, but like when it's done well, you know, like you put it, it's iconic. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I remember um, the first time I heard of a double turn. I was like, "What is, you know?" Because when when you're when you're younger, you don't understand those terms. You know, turning heel, turning face, you know, whatever. But when you know a double turn, how do you pull that off? And like, you actually visibly see an example of it where, you know, Hart just acted more like an ass the entire match. You know, and, and he shoved Ken. Ken oh, and Ken Shamrock was the guest referee. Why I I don't know. But Ken Shamrock was the guest referee. And, uh, you know, I remember that match just being one of those ones that when you watch it for the first time, it's like, damn, Austin's bleeding, but that man is a tough SOB. And that's how he became the toughest SOB ever. You know, so that's uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm very fond of that match. Any other matches that anybody has that they want to throw into the ring? No pun intended. I'm with, with these puns tonight, man. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Let me just, I, I'm not sure for you. I think you mentioned it before. My brother wanted his, one of his favorite matches ever. I understand why completely. Sean and Kurt at WrestleMania 21. Oh, yeah. To 
about my technical prowess. Oh my god, that match the the way. Look, when you have someone with the amazing in ring ability as Kurt Angle, just in ring completely, but then you have someone like Shawn Shawn Michaels in my eyes, greatest of all time. Not my favorite of all time, but greatest of all time. You have Shawn Michaels in that ring with Kurt Angle. You put on a masterpiece. And honestly, I feel like a lot of people don't talk about the match as much as they should. But the build was great. It was an interpromotional uh, match, which in my eyes, I always loved the idea of having an interpromotional match. But Sean and Kurt just in the ring. And I feel like Kurt has just a lot of people. You know, I feel like he had it with Brock and Benoit. I think he Taker. It's the type of thing where you get those two in the ring at WrestleMania. Not even main event. Like, it was mid-card. And they put on an absolute masterpiece. And it was one of the reasons why WrestleMania 21 is going to stick as one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. I think that it's not, in my opinion, it's not the greatest, and I will get into that in a second. That's the next thing I wanted to mention. But um, the great, uh, it, it, it had so many high points. That and the other two that I, I think that were very big would be creating the stars in John Cena and Batista. You know, that mania was the night where they both won their first world title. And for the next year, they were the faces of the company after so many years of it being Triple H and only Triple H, you know, and his reign of terror that lasted basically three years. So, what was that, Adam? Oh, I was just making a joke like Triple H and Friends. <laughs> yeah, Triple H and, and, and Evolution and made stars, though. Randy Orton, Batista became stars because of that. So if anything good came out of it, there's that. Um, before I get into the next thing that I wanted to mention, which is going to go along with what you just said, Raph, you know, greatest WrestleManias of all time. Two other matches that I want to bring up because we were talking, we talked about uh, Michaels and and, and uh, Michaels and Taker. Um, four matches actually, Michaels and Taker in their two matches, and CM Punk versus uh, Evan brought up CM Punk versus Undertaker as well. There was a six-year span where Taker just had the best match on the card, I think, every night, uh, every year at WrestleMania. And I want to reference the other ones because I feel like they're 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 in this discussion at least in my eyes. Uh, started with WrestleMania 23 when he faced Batista for the World Heavyweight Title, then WrestleMania 24 when he main evented against Edge for the World Heavyweight Title. And then jump a couple years later, his series of matches with Triple H at 27 and 28. Hell in a Cell, WrestleMania 28, end of an era. That was an emotional roller coaster. Sean was the guest ref, and all of those pieces were perfect for what they needed to do. And I think that they pulled off the perfect scenario where you thought Taker was going to lose. You thought the streak was over. When he kicked out of the sweet chin music into that pedigree, Holy hell, I was some I, I couldn't believe what was going on. I lost my mind that night. But what did you out of those four matches, any particular memories that you guys have of them? Those are the last ones I'm gonna throw out there. Uh, yeah, um I actually had a WrestleMania twenty four on like on like a DVD and like so like that was like the one mania I kept watching over and over. And the thing about the edge match is that like you don't really think about how good of a match it is until, like, you know, you look back upon it. Like, that's actually, like, a really good match, like, for several reasons. One, like, first you have Edge actually main event in a mania, which is always a cool accolade to have. But also you had that little, like, moment where um, Charles Robinson is running out through the stage, <laughs> hard cam and all, and it's like... And then, you know, um, Taker still kicks out, which I think was pretty funny. And, like... I don't know. I guess it may be the Orlando setting 
I guess, because like I'm a sucker for good atmospheres. Um, it's like it's a good match in its own right, and also considering the caliber of talent in the match, it's like yeah, it's up there, definitely top ten in my opinion. Yeah, um, Trey, I'm gonna argue with this. I'll argue about this. I love those matches. Absolutely love. It. I, I think Batista and Undertaker is not as well thought about when it comes to it because I I love absolutely both of them. So I think it's more of a biased decision. But uh, you said that Taker has the best span of matches. In my eyes, I feel that Shawn Michaels. I feel like every single match Shawn Michaels had at WrestleMania was amazing. If you date back to when his return was, WrestleMania 19, him and Jericho. Uh, WrestleMania 20 with him, Benoit, Triple H. Then him and Angle. Then him and Vince. And it's not even always just the best matches, the most entertaining. Him and Vince. Oh my God, Vince McMahon can be (laughs) one of the best wrestlers in the world. All right, let me just throw that. All right, well, hang on, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> All right, hold up. His okay. son is the best wrestler in the world. He won that tournament okay, in freaking well. Saudi Arabia. Right. Oh, God. Right. And McMahon's McMahon, it's okay. That's <laughs> a trophy. Don't forget that. The genetic jackhammer. <laughs> <laughs> but then you look at him and Cena at WrestleMania 23. It was... And then he had the masterpiece on the Raw after when he had like a 60 minute Iron Man. And oh, then it wasn't even an Iron Man, it was just they went to a draw, they fought oh, for an yeah, hour. Yeah, you're right. It was, it was just went 60 minutes or just one pinball. Amazing. And then it was so Sean Cena, and then you had Sean Flair. Everyone talks about them. Yeah, myself, I thought it was a good match. I don't think I think it was a little overhyped, but I understand the wrestling that that was around the time period wrestling was became less. Like it felt like a lot of people lost a flair, and I feel like that was no pun intended. I felt well, like that was because of injuries. And then yeah. you had him and Taker. Then him and Taker again to end his career. Then you had Super Showdown with the four of them. Oh my god, amazing match! <laughs> uh, um, you said not me. Um, well, I, I'll, I'll address the WrestleMania point. I'm not going to touch that, <laughs> that tag team match from 2018 because. Oh, Angelo God. knows. Angelo knows. I'll I'm, be here all night on that one. He knows. <laughs> I, I want to make it known that I am not a fan of those super shows in Saudi Arabia for multiple reasons. But I'm going to keep it to simply this one for the purposes of our our podcast and the non political nature of it. The matches they put on just don't need to freaking happen. But I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, I'm not trying to see Goldberg break Undertaker's neck anytime soon again. Uh, anyway, you won't. You won't. Yeah, I know. He'll be breaking Drews at, at the Rumble next week. <laughs> um, oh, God, help us. So, no, uh, I, I see your point there, um, Raph, and I think it's an interesting th- comparison, you know, the series of matches and the and the caliber of the guys involved. And first of all, look at the two guys we're talking about, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. I mean, probably the two greatest of all time, you know, or arguably right. two of the greatest of all time, you right. know. Definitely it's hard to go wrong. I lean towards takers because there was the added excitement of the streak for all of those matches. So there was like titles on the line. There was main events of WrestleMania four plus years of build with the taker and Sean's of uh, the, the Sean and triple H stuff, you know, that four year series that they had, you know, like Evan was saying before about the stuff with Paul bearer and like how they worked that in, you know, to a WrestleMania storyline less than a month later. Like, I just feel like they they perfect they perfected it. Sean was never gonna have a bad match. Sean could have a five star right. match with a broomstick at the height of his career, but 
Right. Not to, you know, that that's kind of why I, I think that the added excitement of the streak <clears throat> and how it quickly became more and more possible that it would end because every person he faced posed a new threat. Batista's this monster, you know, can just beat him within an inch of his life with his bare hands. And he finally did at the end of the year. But, you know, the, and then Edge, this cunning, you know, opportunist who was trying to cheat at every point and was doing a good job of it and just couldn't do enough of it to beat the greatest of all time. And, of course, the Sean and Triple H stuff being arguably the best series of matches, storytelling-wise, that you could have ever put together. Four straight right. years of just perfect storytelling. And then we talked about Punk. So, But I also see what you mean. Michael's matches right. were technically flawless in almost every way, usually. I'm going to throw this out there. It's a little sidetrack. Just a little thing I wanted to add to the side, though. But when you think about Shawn Michaels, and it kind of bothers me, his career ended in 2010. His last world title run was in 2002. That kind of bothered me because I always looked at him as the greatest of all time. I was like, he kind of deserved it after everything he did. 2007. He back. 2000. After his series with, oh with, with, with Cena, I know that was Cena's year-long reign, but... Right. I just think that there, there was, there was a, the, you know, the old saying, "You dropped the ball." That was one of the instances where I think it would have been okay to drop the ball, uh, to pick the ball up and run with it, even if it was for a couple <laughs> months, because Sean right. was in the best. That was the that was the best <clears throat> character that he was performing under as at that you know for the rest of his career. You know, in that in that range. Anybody else have comments on any of that? That Raph and I were just having that back and forth. Oh, I was actually just going to say I disagree with the whole Michaels deserved a title win that we did that we just finished with, actually. Because I feel like he didn't really need the belt considering he was a bit up there in years. His might was just, you know, because you had the whole Orton thing like past 2007. So it's like, you know, just a little like a side note. Oh, yeah, the age of Orton. I remember that. Yeah. So he like never really needed it. Like it would have been cool, but like he didn't need it. Like, oh, yeah, I can, I can, I can understand that. I, I, I also I also see where Raps coming from though, he there and that's why I I threw out two thousand early two thousand seven. If he beat Cena that year, I wouldn't have been as upset if, you know, uh, you know if he did it in like two thousand eight or nine, beating a younger Randy Orton, beating a, you know, a less established guy like Jeff Hardy, you know, like that that would have been a little bit of a problem for me. But I guess yeah. Yeah, it it listen. I I also see where you're coming from, and I think that's a good point. Um. Okay. So the next and and uh, next thing I wanted to talk about. Let's keep it moving here because we you know getting it's been close to an hour now. Um. Greatest WrestleMania show of all time. So if you if you lump sum everything on each individual show, thirty six WrestleManias previous. Obviously, there are some that overall are very good. And some overall that are very bad. <coughs> WrestleMania 27. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, just you know, a little cough there. We don't talk about WrestleMania 27 if you're not talking about Triple H versus The Undertaker. Uh, besides that, I don't want to look at that show ever again. Um, and and you, before you could say it was Edge's last match, but he's been back since then. So there's, you can't even say that anymore. Uh, but The Miz, though. The Miz? The Miz made it the mania. What are you talking about? This is true. Before CM Punk. CM <laughs> Punk's still waiting to do it. Oh God! So yeah, uh, universally, if you guys had to look at some of that, what would you say might be the greatest WrestleManias of of all time, overall? Uh, WrestleMania twenty, and for several reasons. Um, 
First off, the 20th anniversary. It was also a really solid show all around because you had The Undertaker like with the whole Kane angle in 2004 when he like, like the whole Rumble thing. And then you had um, Eddie Guerrero, who, like a freshly crowned Eddie Guerrero, go over Kurt Angle after he beat Lesnar. You had the whole, the infamous Goldberg versus Lesnar match. Like, booing aside and like all that aside, it was still a very good match, even with Austin as the guest referee. And then you had the classic... Benoit triple threat which say what you want about Benoit as a person you know he's not that good of a person considering what he did but man is a you know is easily one of the best technical wrestlers of all time which if he didn't commit the you know the atrocity that he did he would definitely he's basically a Canadian in the last deck if you think about it but aside from all that all the undercard matches were good the whole Krypton Jericho thing the whole yeah. strategy that was a good match. The RVD and Booker T, like ironically, not ironically, but like um, each tag match, like for the tag titles, were all like 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 uh, fatal four way tag matches, which I think was pretty interesting. So it's like, yeah. Also in Madison Square Garden, you can't really go wrong with that. I just think it was a you know sod WrestleMania that, considering the main event, um, it doesn't really get talked about as much as it should be. Yeah, I, I think it was a very good mania. Yeah. Anybody else? Any other manias they want to throw into the ring? You guys can go first. I'll go, um, I'll go last. I talked a lot today. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll throw out WrestleMania 35 there for a few reasons. For the ob- obvious reasons. Where uh, bias aside, see. Angelo. Bias aside. <laughs> 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 I mean, first of all, the amount of, like, the amount of pyro that we saw for celebrations, oh God. it was great to see that considering that we haven't had that for a while. So that's one of the things for me is that, you know, we got to see our favorite people go over, save aside Baron Corbin. Um, <laughs> also, the crowd was like electric from, from beginning to end. And you also saw the Hall of Fame class come out that was one of the best moments I think that I've ever seen in person. And also Alexa Bliss as the host. What more could you ask for in a WrestleMania? Kurt Angle going over. <laughs> <laughs> one more thing. We only needed one more thing. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, Evan, you have one? Um. I'm going to be honest in the background while you guys are doing that. I was trying to review the last past, the past three or four WrestleManias, trying my best to remember like the good matches. Cause like, I remember I actually kind of liked, um, Oscar versus Charlotte from 34. And then I pulled up the rest of the card and I was like, this isn't as good as I remember it being (laughs) all these matches. So then I go back to 33 and I'm like, "Uh, still no Mojo (laughs) Raleigh. Mojo Raleigh. Oh my God. He did. He did. He existed basically. How is he still employed? Yeah. (laughs) No. Okay. Podcast (laughs) cut. Not like that. It's not like that, but uh, yeah, I think I'm still going to, I'm going to side with 35 for me, honestly. That's a great show. Again, I, I'm biased aside. We, I can't, I gotta be careful with that. But, uh, rap, what do you got? All right. So I might ruin your thunder over this. I'm going to go over just a couple, right? Um, 
WrestleMania 35, honorable mention. That's and that's not even biasedly. When you feel biased aside, anyway, that was Batista's last match, Kurt Angle's last match. That was just, and they had good. They had good showings. I'm, I'm, everyone was like picking on Batista or Triple H match. That's the way Triple H matches are. Uh, Batista had a good showing. He had wrestled in years. I, you know, he had his little slip up, but his entrance was amazing. I don't know if you guys remember seeing that. I was electric when he's like, yeah, and slam the door on the limo. Amazing. Uh, DX, when he came out for the Hall of Fame, I was, I was hyped. Just everything felt like it went right for WrestleMania 35. Now, let me just do like a, like what Adam stated at WrestleMania 20. I felt like that was amazing. I think the only thing that threw it off really was the Goldberg-Brock match because that was so, so hyped. And I feel like that's the reason why, in my personal opinion, I feel like others... I'm going to just do my top three of top WrestleManias. I feel like that's the reason why it's not really arguable. So number three, I'd put WrestleMania 21. As you stated, stars were born. Edge was born. His, his stardom started again. Yeah. Uh, I feel like he was supposed to be pushed early in 2000 after that era. Then he got injured. He came back finally. And then he was able to get that, you know, ultimate opportunist. Uh, Batista, Cena got pushed. I feel like Orton had his push because him and Taker, which I feel like was a great match. Uh, as we stated, Sean and Kurt, Triple H's reign of terror ended, but evolution ended, which was a huge, just all around story. Then we just go to number two on my list, which is, I feel, WrestleMania 19. Oh, wow, yeah. WrestleMania 19, Austin Rock, the trilogy ended, and it ended Austin's career. Even just being that, that could be a top three. But then you add in Vincent Hogan. Which I stated, Vince is amazing in the ring. It's 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 wildly surprising. Man, he'll kill himself. Uh, Sean for and Jericho, right? <laughs> he killed himself for him and Shane would kill himself for the company. Yeah. Then you go to Sean and Jericho, which are two of the best in ring wrestlers you can ask for. Uh, then you kick off with, well, your main event is Kurt and Brock. I'm gonna skip Triple H and Booker because I honestly feel like. It was whatever match, and I really didn't feel like Booker T was the right contender at that point because they 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 just randomly threw him in for, just for a title line. They didn't feel like they were really building him. I felt like it could have been like an RVD Triple H type of thing. Yeah. But you go to Brock and Kurt, just uh, that match was amazing. Yeah. You look back at it, it as incredible. They had incredible rivalry. Number one, and I think a lot of people can agree with this. I'm not sure if you guys agree with it, but I know a lot of people and. I hate to be one who always agrees with everyone else in the IWC, but WrestleMania 17 was head to toe gold. Abs- Triple H and Taker had an amazing match that the not- referee was knocked out the entire match. Was not DQ. There was DQ in the match, but referee was knocked out the entire match, and they fought in the crowd. Uh, what else happened? The, the uh, TLC match, I think it was. My favorite. Oh, it was a ladder match. My my se- okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I only can it, but Austin Rock. We just skipped to Austin Rock because they had a great women's match. They had a hard, the hardcore match with Kane, Big Show, and Raven. I think I believe, I believe it was. Yeah, it was Raven. And uh, I think Jer- uh, Benoit and Angle, in my eyes, they were the best rivals to each other. Angle's best rival was Benoit, and Benoit's best rival was Angle. They had an amazing match, and no one really talks about it. But I don't think it's more of because of the Ben Wyatt incident. I think it was more of people don't remember it because that card was just stacked, and I was just in the middle of the card. Then you just hop to the main event. Or hold on, before we get to there, Shane and Vince, the two greatest wrestlers all time, right there in the same ring together, fighting for Linda. Amazing. But then you had Austin Rock. Awesome. Are, you, are you not going to mention the Legends Battle Royal? But that's a yeah. classic. <laughs> oh, that too. And Iron Sheik won, which is better. 
Nick's amazing on Twitter. He's hilarious. You guys want to follow him on Twitter? One because he can't walk, bro. He can't take bumps. <laughs> Good. Well, th- w- w- it's a whatever. He won. That's the greatest thing about it. He won it. <laughs> yeah, brown boys represent. Oh, God. <laughs> God. And then you have Austin Rock. Yeah. Oh I... my God. Oh my God. Freddie, you can you can go, but Austin Rock. That, the second one is the best one. Oh, oh absolutely. I could not agree more. I'm going to agree on several fronts. Number one, I agree, my opinion, greatest WrestleMania of all time. Number two, that was the greatest match of their trilogy. And number three, you mentioned the TLC match. When I tell you right now, I have watched that match probably more than any other match I have ever seen in my life. I, I, I'm not kidding you. I had the old, uh, they had a DVD back in the day, the ladder match. And it had all the earliest ladder matches in WWE history on there, right? And so... I went and watched that whole DVD basically once a week, start to finish. Right. And I so I watched all the early ladder, and eventually I just cut it down to one match, TLC 2 at uh, WrestleMania 17. And I said that Sean and Taker is my favorite match of all time. My second favorite match of all time is the, the, the triple threat ladder match that night. I, I just – you can't put together a better ladder match Guys have tried for years and they just cannot, and it's so unfortunate because they really they set a bar that will never be touched, you know. And I hope that one day someone gets to that point because if I see a ladder match that's that damn good, I'd be happy, you know. That's that's uh it's it's tough to do. Um, so I'm you know Raf covered all of my uh all of my points for WrestleMania 17, but yes, yeah, sorry for kicking your thunder. No, no, you're good. The um. One other WrestleMania I did want to throw in there. I was so I was debating between two. Um, I was debating between WrestleMania 31 and WrestleMania 20 uh, 24. I'm gonna go with 24 simply because I feel like for the roster that they had at the time, they used it the right way. Uh, we've already talked about Ed- Edge and Undertaker in the main event and why we think that that was you know one of the better matches in Taker's streak. Um, we talked about CM Punk winning Money in the Bank because Jeff Hardy got suspended. But there were some other matches on the card that actually were pretty good. If you go back, the opener was JBL versus Finley in a Belfast brawl. It was fun. It was so fun. That match, man. I love the Belfast brawl. I've watched it a few times. It was very good. Um, Batista versus Umaga. Just two guys that you never thought you'd see wrestle each other, but it was a good match, all things considered. Um, Big Show versus Floyd Money Mayweather. Uh, The boxing slash wrestling match. I I don't know. Uh, It was was entertaining, to say the least. Um, And then um, Triple H versus Randy Orton versus John Cena. Triple threat match for the WWE Championship. Uh, you know, I think that you can't put together a good, a better group of guys to really tell a good story. Both guys wanted to get their hands on Randy Orton, and Randy, being the heel that he was, kept getting out of the ring, kept getting out of the way, making them fight each other. You know, I just feel like it's an underappreciated card that was very solid, that was very, you know, well put together. Oh, and. Sean versus Ric Flair in Flair's retirement match. So I think universally that show was the best that it could have been in that in that time period. And if you look at the Manias 
directly around it, you know, 22, 23, and then 25, 26. From top to bottom, it's the most well put together show. Because if you look at, you know, 26 had its low points and the main event being the high point. 25, same thing, really only had one really memorable moment with, you know, outside of the Taker, outside of Taker Michaels was Cena picking up Edge and Big Show at the same time. Uh, and you know, Mania third, Mania twenty three just had too much fluff. I'm not, I was not a fan of the Battle of the Billionaires. I'm not gonna lie. You know that that did not do a lot for me. Um, and twenty two, Edge and McFoley was the only uh, the only thing there. And yeah, two crazy sons of you know what's those two guys for that match diving into a freaking flaming table. Yeah. I mean, I I solidly just stay away from that pay- that whole entire pay per view in general because it was Taker and Mark Henry. It just felt like a it was a really random match. They put Taker against Mark Henry, and he didn't even like Mark Henry. Just felt like he was just building his character, and he didn't even do anything really. He was just there to be put in the casket. So I wasn't a, I wasn't a big fan, but I I, th- I, I want to say that um, Cena and Triple H actually did put on a good match that night too. They did. Oh, they and did. the the triple threat with Angle, Ray, and Orton was good. It was very good. Yeah, I think that was rushed a little bit because of time constraints. And I feel like, you know, for a world title match with three guys in it, 10 minutes was not nearly enough time to really tell the story, but I did I did like it. I did like it. You know, again, look at the look at the caliber of the talent in the ring, you know. No matter what, it's very hard for those three guys to have a bad match unless Kurt Angle's facing Baron Corbin. But, but oh, Evan, what do you got? I actually wanted to make a little comment about that that triple threat match. That was actually like one of the first wrestling matches I'd ever seen because I kept getting it like suggested in my YouTube for some reason. And I used I used to watch it all the time. And I guess looking back on it, yeah, should have been longer for sure. But I mean, how I don't even know how old I would have been, but maybe ten years old. That was like really fun to get into. So it was short enough to put on YouTube. So that, I mean, that, that tells you enough. I think the whole video was like half an hour. So that's like oh. including the vignette at the beginning, all the entrances too. <laughs> when a wrestling match has the vignette and entrances equal the amount of time for the match, you know that there's something wrong. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, wait, hold on. Goldberg and Brock at Survivor Series. All was right. Really all right. <laughs> Sue me. I made, I missed one. <laughs> I missed one. <laughs> But yeah, no, for sure. I, I liked the match, and I think it was the right way to to crown Mysterio and let him have that moment, you know. Especially after Eddie passed away, and they built the whole thing around Eddie, and maybe not the most tasteful storyline, but you know, the match and and the character of Ray was was good enough in my opinion. Any other matches or just our matches shows that we want to throw in there? I mean, we're talking thirty six years of WrestleMania. We've we've mentioned maybe five or six. <laughs> It's funny to me that you were talking about WrestleMania 24 and you forgot to include Kane versus Chavo Guerrero. Oh, the yeah, greatest, bro. the greatest of all time. Both of them. I, don't, yeah. I don't even like the dark battle royal. It's on the DVD. The little uh, ECW battle royal. Come on, bro. <laughs> well, how about oh, the the, the, <laughs> play, the Bunny Mania Playboy match that had, had Snoop Dogg was involved in? That was also on the card. <laughs> Snooki, Trish Stratus, and John Morrison. All I gotta say. Oh God, no. Oh yes. What did we say we about WrestleMania about- 27? Throw it away. <laughs> we forgot about The Rock versus Eric Rowan. Oh, oh of course. The, the greatest WrestleMania match. That's the real event. Roman versus Hunter. Who? Come on now. <laughs> yeah, that that should have been their main event. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, in all honesty, though, WrestleMania 29, the they had the triple reign event, and all the matches proved what they had to prove. Yeah. Like obviously, the Triple H Brock match was slow, but that's a Triple H match in general. If you understand, if you can appreciate Triple H's work like that, you understand that. I think Rock and Cena at that match was that WrestleMania was actually really it was a really great match. People underestimated it and like because twice in lifetime, but when you take away that part of it, or that that part of that it was a second build, you got to look at it as a completely different match. And when you look at it like that, it actually was a very very good match for for someone like Rock who didn't wrestle or wrestled one match before that. Right. Yeah, I and, agree. Uh, I agree, and I think that. Um... I think that the show was better than I than most people expected it to be. Not I, but right. most people expected it to be, and that's saying something yeah. because there was there was some talent there. It was the first WrestleMania for the Shield. Those guys really right. starting to uh, to come up. Um, we had this whole discussion, and I mean, one of my favorite mom- Mania moments ever. We've completely skipped over this entire video. Uh, Daniel Bryan, WrestleMania thirty, winning mm. the main event. All right. I mean, I remember when I was 14 watching that match, I was just like, whoa, that crowd was hyped. The monster video package for his match with Triple H, it is the one of the greatest vignettes before a match ever. It got me so hyped. I literally could not stop. Oh, man. That match. And, and, and Brian, and the match wasn't, neither match was amazingly fantastic. But you weren't there for that. You were there for the match itself. I mean, Angelo, you know, what, uh, um, you, you and I have talked about that match a lot. What, what, what do you remember about the night watching Daniel Bryan winning that freaking match? Man, the the one thing that comes to mind is him literally having to fight for that opportunity. First of all, he wrestled Triple H in a match to qualify basically to get the titles and then coming out and everybody was so behind him. And the second that he won that match and held both those titles up, the crowd just completely erupted. For me, that was, that was one of the best like WrestleMania moments that I've ever seen. One of, one of the, actually the greatest matches I think that I've seen in the past like five or six years. Yeah. Um, to piggyback off of that, it's also WrestleMania 30. Um, and so it's, it's also a really good show because in like perspective, it was the first pay-per-view they put on like, they streamed live on the network, I believe. Because that was the same time the network came out. And so, wait a minute. Um, yeah. Um, one of the first ones came out on the network. So like they kind of like had a big like expectations and, Say what you want, like WrestleMania 30, it's not a top tier show, but it's certainly not a like low tier show. It's like it's a right. it's a perfect balance of like questionable booking decisions and the right decisions. Like on one hand, you had obviously the Cesaro Battle Royal, you had Daniel Bryan winning, but then you also had John Cena going over Bray Wyatt. Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of like, and the streak. And the streak died. I mean, honestly, the end of streak it makes sense. It, it kinda the whole Brock Lesnar thing. Brock Lesnar was at least a believable person to break the streak like that. It should have been Bray, but Brock was a respectable choice in of itself. And if it, and if it wasn't Bray, it should have been Roman a few years later. Just a, you know. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. We're getting too much. Freddie, you have to do a podcast where we talk about who deserved to break the streak. 
that, that oh. shit has podcasted you. <laughs> All right. We, ha- we have to come back. Stay tuned for the next time when we come back and talk about who should have broken the streak because I'm sure we're going to debate that for two hours next time. Giant Gonzalez. You guys were talking about uh, ben, uh, uh, Dana Bryan the whole time. And, um, and I'm always talking think about Dana Bryan that moment. It always, to me, it always dates back to Ben Juan, his moment. Just because everyone just compared his fighting the style that they had inside the ring together. And to me, uh, right, right. The cross face and the diving head button, just all the movies they had, the skill set. So to me, it was, it wasn't as emotional as everyone else had made it seem. But to me, when we talk about special WrestleMania moments, I can honestly tell you, I look back at the Benoit, Eddie, when they're hugging and celebrating WrestleMania, you could feel that moment. Just they've been friends forever. And the whole bill, like, you, I can't imagine a time before that where Shawn Michaels was the face and got booed as the face in the match against Triple H. And yeah. everyone was wanting Benoit to win. And then the, and just the payoff was just 19 years. And JR's commentary added it too. I can tell you, honestly, without a doubt, I think I watched that a couple months ago. I literally almost had tears coming down my face just because I felt that emotion. And it wasn't because everything happened after and everything with the legacy. But just when you think about the build to it and you... Just incorporate that as well as much as you incorporate the match and the end. It just gets to you. It's like after so long, this guy really just deserved that moment. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I, I think that if you're talking about the greatest closing to a WrestleMania ever, that's it does edge out the whole Brian winning just because of the sheer and now in retrospect, especially the sheer just circumstance of those two guys who for years were told that they would never be world champions. They wrestled all around the world, proved that they were the best damn wrestlers in the world and continually got told no. Got told you're not good enough. You got told you're not going to be the best. What ends up happening? They get to the top of the mountain at the exact same time and they damn sure deserved it. So I agree with that. Um, yeah. Talking about another great WrestleMania ending, I did mention WrestleMania 31. And kind of looking at the card, we've already talked about, you know, Adam, I think it was you who brought up the whole Brock versus Roman and the Seth Cashin, which obviously stands as one of the greatest moments to close a WrestleMania. It's in the discussion, not the best. We've already, we've just, just talked about it, but definitely up there. Um, but the rest of the card wasn't bad, maybe not properly executed, but if you look at the rest of the card, I mean, Triple H versus Sting on paper should have been so much better than it was. It became... You know, the, the day that they open the doors of the retirement home and let all the legends come out. Um, yeah. It, was it became less about Sting and more about um, WCW. Yeah, so. yeah. That was, that, that was my gripe with it. Um, was pretty cool to see DX facing the NWO, but then you realize that X-Pac was also a part of the NWO and, and Nash. <laughs> and and like, Sting was like a, like a, you know, not affiliated with the NWO. It's like, wait a minute, hold on. And then and then Nash and and Hall and Sean and Triple H are in the click. It just made no sense. There was there Honestly, was a lot. I, I remember watching that that match. I was like in on a car on a road trip, and I remember like hearing the NWO song. And I was like, "Holy shit!" And then I started to process it more and more. I was like, "Wait, this doesn't make sense." To <laughs> yeah, all. yeah, all five It's like. Wait, besides, yeah, all five members of the clique, it's like, wait a minute, like, something's not adding up here, but I don't know what. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but then there was, it was Taker and Bray again. On paper, should have been great. Maybe not executed properly. 
Um, I thought the ladder match to open the show was very good. Yeah, it was great. Daniel Bryan winning was, again, the right call. Um, Dean Ambrose basically killed himself for our entertainment. You know, in fact, you know, with the recent passing of Brody Lee, hearing about the story, how that bump scared the life out of everybody backstage, you know, yet he still went and did it. You know, and he trusted Brody with that. That's pretty cool. And it was that was a yeah. really good match. Um, for the life of me. Oh, and the pre-show battle royal, they should have let Mizdow or Sandow win the damn thing because he was so over when he eliminated Miz and the crowd popped. And what ended up happening? Oh, Big yeah. Show won. If you think oh, in, in kayfabe, in kayfabe, yeah. Miz Dow eliminating Miz is easily the stupidest decision anyone has ever done in a battle royal. It's like you want to turn him after you get out the biggest guy in the match, not like beforehand. Like I understand it, but like come on, yeah, you make yourself look like a fool. I absolutely <laughs> agree. What was that right? <laughs> I mean, I was just gonna say that. Um, I think the reason why they let Big Show win it, and I, I, I feel like this is why I tried to interpret it. They were trying to make the trophy for the guys who were like the toughest and the strongest. And if you had Miz Dow fit it, it wasn't. See, the thing about WWE, and just I think that's the way the, the, the IWC just mis, uh, misconcepts it. There's just certain things that are made to build stars and certain things that are made for major stars. And I think just that uh, the Andre the Giant, the trophy itself, was made for the toughest and strongest wrestlers. They had Cesaro win it. They had Big Show win it. But they had Mojo Rawley win hey, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, don't forget about big man Baron Corbin. Come on. Man. Uh, of don't course. That. And that, that's what you try to do. So I, I think that's the reason why they stopped Miz Dow from that momentum. And I think at that point, they should honestly let uh, Miz Dow and Miz win the tag team titles. Oh, absolutely. Well, they, well, they, they did. They did. They did. They did. They did. Right. What? Okay, I'm sorry. I, I didn't really pay attention. I remember just the Usos and the New Day winning at that point. I, I, the WWE <laughs> at that point, the tag team division was like... It hasn't meant a oh, lot. And Cesaro and it, was, it was Rhodes and Goldust. They dropped it to Miz and Miz Dow. No, no, no. They, oh, fuck, hold on. I'm going to write time room wrong. Uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was uh, Rhodes. I, I don't know. We, I distinctly yeah, remember Miz Dow. So it was Rhodes and um, Goldust, the New Age Outlaws, then the Usos, and they traded it back and forth for like a while. No, I think I think uh, it was... I think, But I think when Miz and Miz Dow held it, they won it from the Usos, then lost it back to the Usos. Yeah, and then they lost it to yeah. Cesaro and um, Kid. Yes, right, Cesaro and Tyson Kid, and they won so it. Maybe on... it was just too early for that. That was a team. That was a team. Top five teams. <laughs> Cesaro's won Cesaro tag team titles. He's won tag team titles with three different wrestlers, yet he never won it with his first tag team partner, Jack Swagger, who <laughs> I thought should have won it. He should have won it with him more yeah. than anybody. I'm not a big fan of Jack Swagger, so I just feel like he was a bland character himself. Well, now you get but, to watch him in the inner circle every week on AEW Dynamite. No, I don't. I don't watch AEW. I'm fine. I'm sure. <laughs> Wait, what's AEW? <laughs> Ain't that a steak sauce? It's like a new team. <laughs> no, it's a type of root beer. There you, oh, go. There you go. Oh, God. Um, anyway. Right. And then, oh, and the other thing about Mania 31, that again, questionable booking decision, John Cena going over Rusev. Although it did produce Cena's open challenges. Evan? I'm glad you brought that match up because I was wanting to bring up the tank. <laughs> yes. The Bro. tank. Rusev, my man. Thing. This is so entertaining. Oh. I love Rusev. 
Rusev. Oh. I went to WrestleMania with a tank. <laughs> I love the comment. Which, which is weird because Rusev is always that guy that's like never gets booked well. Even in AEW, you know, famous fake sauce. Like he still isn't booked well. At least with um Kip Sabian or whatever. Yeah, he's, like, he's on, the bro. best man. And he, he just walks around with a butler now. He's doing the same thing he was doing on Raw, except in a different company. He's allowed to stream. Here, I give you a fish. <laughs> So yeah, uh, Mania. Th- okay, maybe now that we mentioned it, Mania Thirty One had some. Okay, never mind that. Let's let, let's take that one back out. I rescinded that from the conversation. Uh, Hold on, you forgot AJ Lee and Paige teamed up. Oh yes, they faced the, the Bella Twins. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and that yeah. was the one where Ronda Rousey uh, uh, flipped Stephanie no. Mc- Triple H. Oh right, it was that one. Right. They had that twenty-minute-long promo in the ring. I'm like, this is WrestleMania, and I'm watching an episode of Monday Night Raw right now. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I rescind WrestleMania 31 from the discussion. Uh, oh, WrestleMania you know 34 had remembered. Go ahead. Go I'm ahead. Pretty... Sorry. No, you're going to get there. Okay. I can't remember if it was 31 or 30, but I remember hating, really hating this backstage promo of a bunch of legends. They were playing with, um, it was either Brawlin' Buddies or those little like, mini like slam city figures oh and my God, it yeah. was maybe like a three or four minute pro- segment but it felt like an eternity those things those, those commercials always sucked i you know those were painful it was paying old men to come back and and pretend to have fun play with toys yeah exactly hey hey pg we're P- keeping this pg we're trying <laughs> to keep this pg <laughs> Not well, that, isn't that why Ron Simmons comes in at the uh, end of it? <laughs> Damn! <laughs> Damn. He goes, darn! <laughs> Dang, oh. damn it. Uh. <laughs> oh, my so, goodness. I'm uh, just going to say that WrestleMania 34 had its moments, and um, the best mixed tag team match I've ever seen in my life. Uh, yeah. I hate mixed tag team matches. I do, too, but Ronda, Ronda, Ronda showed out that night. She showed right. out that night. And I, I like the is very disappointing to me, if I'm being honest. Because you had Styles and Nakamura, and they under-delivered, and that had me so tight. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I really do love Oscar versus Charlotte from that it from that year, and I feel like it doesn't get enough love anymore. I think the only reason why that match is not high as high as it should be for me is Asuka should have won, man. She should not right. have had her streak ended that night. Because then what happened, like, if you follow the trend of where Asuka went after that, what did she do? She lost to Carmella, like, three freaking times. She went from being undefeated for 900 days to losing to Carmella on consecutive pay-per-views. I can't forgive that. Nothing against Carmella, but at that time, Asuka was supposed to be this big dominant wrestler who was never going to lose, and she was losing to Carmella because of James freaking Ellsworth. I'm gonna, Evan, I'm going to address that. I feel like the people, uh, just the IWC in general, I'm going after IWC because there's a lot of things that uh, they're very um, uh, very sensitive about. I think people just look at the end of the match and that determines if they like the match or not. And yeah. you look at the finish, it was Charlotte taps out Asuka. But I feel like that was the perfect way to kind of end her streak. Maybe not so much tap out, but if anyone was going to end it, Charlotte is at the top of the women's division. And if you're going to have anyone end it, it had to be her. And I feel like that's the reason why a lot of people just hated it. Just hated the finish. 
I think, yeah, I could see that. That makes sense. I said it a couple times in the group chat. Well, Charlotte wins. Lol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And, and I'm, I'm petrified that she's going to win the Rumble again this year. I do not need her winning the Rumble again. She she has been in two of the three Women's Royal Rumble matches, and she's been in the final two twice. Uh, like, Roman is like Roman Reigns in the Rumble. It's what do you do in a Rumble? And every Rumble right. Roman Reigns has been in, it's either top, like, second place, or it's like, you know, he wins the match. Yeah, he, he's been in... I, I was talking to Angelo about this. Since 2014, he has been in the Rumble every year except for t- uh, 2019 when he had to fight his uh, leukemia. And he has been in the final three or later in every single Rumble he has been in. Not even. He's on yeah. the runner for the winner, no matter what. No, 2016, he was the final three because it came down to Triple H yeah. and Ambrose. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. But yeah. fi- final two with Batista, eliminated. He won in 2015. Then final three, uh, eliminated by Orton, eliminated by Nakamura, and eliminated by McIntyre to, win those, the, to lose those three Rumbles. I mean, it works. Well, he like, won't be in this one. He will not be because he'll be killing Kevin Owens in the last man standing. Yeah, match. he's he's doing the travel. I team am thing. never gonna. I'm never gonna forget the heat that he got from oh. that year. He came in at thirty. Oh, everyone. Oh, oh dude, it was awful. It was so bad. Everyone oh, wanted God. Joe or Balor, and then Roman's music hit, and everyone was just kind of like. This is a joke, right? This is not like this is not for for real. We're, we're being we're being punked. big dog time. And that was the same year Ty Dillinger like made his yeah yeah, yeah like, maybe right yeah it was mm-hmm. that was a good twenty seventeen honestly yeah. like I did some fantasy I kind of like rebooked twenty seventeen you should have had Bray Wyatt win that Rumble like yes and, and like in going back to the WrestleMania topic as a the, the topic of the episode. You could like you could have just had that Fortin Reigns skipped. You could have just had Wyatt wouldn't like win the Rumble, win the title, and then you know it would have been a good WrestleMania moment if they, you know they strapped it to Wyatt. But I think what they should have done was it should have been those the the Wyatt family triple threat because you had Luke Harper involved in that thing for months, and what does he get to do? Oh well, we'll just throw him in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, as yeah, everybody I, else yeah. gets done these days. You know it's it's a joke, but yeah. I mean, I mean, since we're just rescinding from the top, let's let me try to bring us back for you. Let me take a job with this, right? Um, I'm very excited about this year's Rumble. I feel like there's a lot of unpredictable possibilities, and it is the road to it is the road to WrestleMania. So uh, I'm very excited to see who is in the main event. Personally, uh, since you guys did have the podcast, I'm just gonna throw it out there. I think Bianca's win the Women's Rumble, and I do want AJ Styles. I do believe AJ Styles or Daniel Bryan might win the men's. But uh, then we go from there. Then we have this year's Mania, where we could have a possibility of Drew McIntyre pulling on a showcase with another amazing wrestler. And Roman Reigns also, just uh, just think about it. We would never have thought WWE would actually turn Roman Reigns heel and align him with Paul Heyman. And I'm just very curious to see if Daniel Bryan's going to be the one to face him or if they're going to go a different route regarding that. Yeah. This, this Mania is going to be a good one because I know it's going to have like not a lot of fans, but like they're doing the whole New Japan thing, where it's like uh, like a sort amount of fans, basically. And I think that's pretty pretty good, considering like last year, like I didn't like the whole empty arena thing. Like I kind of had to force myself to sit through it, mainly because I just want to see if they'd actually put the strap on McIntyre like that. Yeah, and, like, I didn't want to watch it live. I didn't watch it live because of that. The only thing that I didn't I... watch night one live. The only I only watch night two. 
the only thing that was redeemable from last year's Mania, nothing against they they I applaud them for trying to give us something to watch during the most difficult time in the history of the world, but I will say that the only redeemable like attributes from it were the Firefly Funhouse match, the Boneyard match, and the fact that they put the tire on McIntyre on the title on McIntyre. Yeah, uh, uh, Austin was here. Oh yeah, Austin would be ready to to talk all about that. We'll save that. We'll save that discussion for the next time Austin joins us. Um, yeah, part two. Part two. Well, we've already got to, we got to talk about you know who should have ended the streak. You know, Raph's already proposed part two of this discussion. But um, <laughs> hey, it's just WrestleMania night two. Come on, get it right. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. That's yes, what it is. We can have a night two. <laughs> night two, part two, round two, whatever you want to call it. But we have to have a pre-show first. Yeah, we'll have an Andre the Giant <laughs> Memorial Battle Royal. We'll stick all the guys who didn't want to join in there. Um, okay, so the last thing that I wanted to mention before we wrap this up. We've talked a little oh. bit about it just now, was um, preparing for WrestleMania this year. So if you had to make one bold prediction for WrestleMania 37, two nights once again, you know, I don't know how the hell they're going to do it with like limited fans. If you had to make one bold prediction, what would you say? I'm going to start with Angelo. One bold prediction? One bold prediction for WrestleMania 37 this April. Well, I'm going to say that we might get Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre if Keith Lee is the one to win the Rumble. And honestly, I would love to see Keith Lee take that title from McIntyre, especially now because I've I've been hearing that they want to turn Lee heel. So this might be one of the matches that I, I feel like could happen and we could actually see friend you know two best friends going at it and putting the title on lee and then afterwards just showing disrespect to drew and further the story somehow all right interesting interesting all righty adam bold prediction wrestlemania 37 well i mean i have two things like i have a prediction that i think is going to happen what i want to happen if you don't mind all right ahead. um yeah, what what I think should happen, I think you should just like we should have Mustafa Ali win the Rumble and run the Retribution versus McIntyre angle because Mustafa Ali has just been a beast like on Twitter and all that, and so like you put the strap on him, that'd be pretty cool to see. But what I think is gonna happen is they're gonna put they're gonna have Styles win the Rumble. I'm not opposed to that and have him versus McIntyre in the main event of Mania, and Styles will probably win, which. Albeit, I'm not entirely sure, but Miz could cash in, pull a Seth Rollins, you know, 31, but mm. that'd be, you know, there's a lot of interesting possibilities to go through it, so it's like making a bold prediction is kind of like, you know, canceling out everything else, so. That's a good point. Evan, do you have a, do you have anything that you could boldly predict for this year's WrestleMania? I actually was trying to add on to Angelo. I honestly do want Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre. I don't know if that would main event, though. It's one of those things I like. I'd love to see it main event, but well, I don't think money, I, money, money. I don't think so. No, I agree with you on that. Regardless, well, it's gonna be a two nighter, so it might. Oh be yeah, it's true. Is it another two nighter? Yeah, they announced yeah. it last uh, last week. Oh, I must have missed that. Oh boy. Yeah, it's a yeah. Two- that's what I want. No, I feel like they'll main event night one but they're going to save night two. Uh, 
Well, I'll give mine in a sec. Uh, Raph, what do you got? All right. So I guess this is just wishful thinking on my part, but um, WrestleMania, and I'm kind of thinking the Royal Rumble. I like I said, I'm very excited about the Royal Rumble. I think there's gonna be a lot of surprises. I think Seth's coming back. I think Braun's coming back. But I think Brock is coming back. I think Brock is coming back. There's a chance he could win the Rumble, and I think it could be Brock and Drew again. But I think Miz could cash in and win the title in that match. Like like Adam said, and I was actually thinking about this, and and thank you very much, Adam, for just bringing it back up because you actually jogged memory about it. If they do the triple threat, make Miz win it. Or you can have... I either want just Brock or Cena to compete at this year's Mania because without Taker, you can have Triple H, I guess, but without Taker, it just feels like it's missing that that special spark. And if you have a Brock or Cena or Triple H match in there, it adds a little bit more to it. I'm, I mean, I'm honestly, Raph, that's like that's a good idea, but like I wouldn't want a Brock versus Drew two for the title. Like if they wanted to do that. They could right. probably do Goldberg versus Drew Rumble, obviously. Drew wins, Mish cashes in, so that leaves the opportunity for the match without the title. Right. Which, like, so, I don't know. The thing is, yeah, with, with Miz having the uh, briefcase, it's a very tricky predicament, all things right. considered. But considering if Brock returns at the Rumble itself, yeah. I would not be that opposed to Brock winning a Rumble, just so the IWC doesn't complain about why is Brock Kim getting title matches? Why is Brock Kim, he earned it because he won the Rumble. And I know yeah. it pissed a lot of people off, but then you have that deciding factor. Brock won the Rumble. Now he's going after Drew, or he can go after Roman. They can fight over Paul Heyman with, with a I child. I was going to say. The of Paul Heyman on the line. Yeah. Yeah. Say. Go on. Paul Heyman there, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not opposed to it, mainly because like Brock Lesnar is like one of my top five favorite wrestlers of all time. So, like, yeah. To me, he just does have to absolutely, like earn a rumble victory instead of money in the bank oh yeah (laughs) angelo and i were there that night and let me tell you we had no idea what the hell was going on (laughs) we stared at we stared at each other for about 10 minutes while that while people were filing out of the building and we were just like brock with the money in the bank briefcase that was the most character Work we've ever seen out of Brock ever since 2003, 2004. <laughs> yeah, since he was dancing with the, with the Fiesta head on everything. Oh, he was dancing with yeah. the boombox. Right. Yeah, the the interesting thing about Brock winning the Money the Bank is like he like it joins a select few. I think it's only Edge and Sheamus that actually won the Rumble, Money in the Bank, and King of the Ring. So yeah, and and that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Um. Uh, and well, Baron Corbin just needs to win uh, the Rumble now, and then he'll he'll join that club as well. Um, Maybe he would retire Goldberg. Yeah, big boy. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. He 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 retired Kurt Angle. We keep going back <laughs> to that. Um, okay, so my bold prediction. Uh, it's gonna be a little bit different than what you guys have said. I'm gonna focus on the Universal Title, Roman Reigns, SmackDown. My bold prediction. Is that at WrestleMania this year, Roman does not defend against Kevin Owens. He does not defend against Daniel Bryan. He does not defend against anyone from Raw. He defends his title against Cesaro. And not only does he defend it against... And if he defends... Not only does he defend against Cesaro, Cesaro wins the title. 
I, I'm 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 going all in with this hope. I'm going all in with this last <laughs> few weeks. The push, the last two weeks on SmackDown. He's he's be, Cesaro's <laughs> beating Daniel Bryan. I can see Evans walking out of the room. <laughs> and, like, and like, think about like this. Think about like this. Like, even if he doesn't win the Rumble, it's like the Elimination Chambers in February. All yeah. they have to do is just like put a number one contenders in. How yeah. Cesaro win it? It's like that makes a lot of sense. And, and think about that. If he if here's a, here's a potential chamber. Think about this. Roman retains at the Royal Rumble, and you know, you know, Keith Lee, AJ Styles, whoever wins the Rumble match, SmackDown. Roman's not going to want to defend his title inside the you know the chamber. He'll use his you know head of the table thing, get out of the Adam Pearce. You know, yeah, whatever. He'll get out of having to do it. So it'll be a number one contenders chamber match. Listen to some of the names that you could have. Cesaro was going to win, but in my eyes, that's my bold prediction. But Kevin Owens. Jey Uso, Shinsuke Nakamura, Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio. Let me, Let me tell just, you, that would make Cesaro a star right there alone. Yeah. Let me just, I have a future booking for Dominic, and it's just in the way that exactly that, if you have Mysterio in a elimination chamber match, where Mysterio gives all his opportunities to Dominic Mysterio, and Dominic keeps on losing opportunities. And this can build Dominic as a heel. And this is just like for fantasy booking, I guess. But Do- that turns Dominic and Ray into rivalry later on, at a later point. But you have that and put Dominic in there just to have him shine and just to lose right away. That's going to that's gonna be a huge spark just for that rivalry. I, listen, I, I'm all for that. I just want Cesaro to get that big win, earn his way to Mania, you know, be the guy that nobody expected to freaking win. That's my bold sure. prediction. He's going to go to WrestleMania. He's going to beat the Tribal Chief and leave as the Universal Champion. I mean, it would be, it'd be you know, seven years too late. But, hey, seven years is better than forever. So Yeah, and he's one of those guys where it's not like seven years too late you put the title on Bill Goldberg, you know. No, they're finally putting it, they put it on the right guy. Yeah. So Give it to Goldberg. It looks a little better. Yeah, Goldberg. Goldberg. Let's give it to Goldberg. And, and he actually has pyro in his entrance. <laughs> They put it on Corbin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'd say Corbin should have like actually won the ca- like successfully cashed in in 2017, but people would have loved him. It would have turned him face just because he beat Jinder. <laughs> I can't wait yeah. to WWE to do the ultimate swerve and like Daniel Bryan or AJ Styles wins the Rumble and challenges Balor for the NXT title instead. Oh, that, that would should be, be the swerve. That, that would be, be awesome. I mean, I'd be down with Daniel Bryan versus Finn Balor. Sounds interesting. Uh, or how about running main event WrestleMania? Running back AJ Styles and Finn Balor on night one. Yeah, that was a great yeah, match. I just rewatched it last month. Yeah, had the right guy winning everything. Yeah, Balor needed to go over that night. All righty, guys. Anything else we want to add in to this discussion? I feel like we've been going. I think at least two hours now. Almost this episode is going to be a really long one. I have a closing statement right for anybody for anybody listening. <clears throat> Rusev on a tank. Ah, <laughs> base, base Rusev. Yeah. Yeah. On on, uh, on Shotzi's tank on a Caroline. So on Shotzi's tank. Sure. <laughs> Rusev on a tank. That's all you need to know. Rusev on a tank. Rusev on a tank. Baron Corbin on a bold man's career. How I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Baron Corbin's our new American hero. Yeah, right. He's bald. Just like, he wanted to be like Kurt Angle. He's bald. He, he you know, beat he, a gold medalist with a broken freaking neck. 
he has his little straps, you know. He can just turn pick them down. You know? <laughs> he, he he rips open his. Uh, oh, well, he doesn't wear the uh, the suit vest anymore. But he rips open his right. suit vest instead of pulling down the straps. <laughs> Yeah, which oh, they should they should just drop the king and Corbin. They should call him Baron Corbin again, but whatever. Well, now he's got his Knights of the Lone Wolf. Yeah, the I mean that that is pretty cool though. But like, the forgotten Knights of the Lone Wolf, the forgotten the forgotten Knights of the Lone Wolf. They weren't even on SmackDown this week. Uh yeah. Well, I forgot about that. <laughs> but that but that's. But that's what you get for having Jackson Riker as a teammate or whatever. Yeah, now he's on Raw getting more TV time than they are. <laughs> <laughs> getting more to Sam Punk. Yeah. Super game main event. Yeah, right. Riker's going to be next to <laughs> you know, Jackson Riker's main event in WrestleMania. Oh, uh, yikes. Pull a swerve. Jackson Riker, also known as Gunner DNA. Pull a swerve and have, uh, what's his name? Uh, almost Thank win the me. Royal Rumble. <laughs> Dude, I'm a big almost fan. I'll be so honest. <laughs> yeah, I am too. Approach. I love almost. Oh, Dude, man. he's like, like I don't know. He's a cool guy on Instagram too. So it's like, yeah, I follow he's, him. He's pretty yeah. cool. Well, also seven three. Like, y'all remember that like guitar spot from like Raw when he like kicked the guitar? Oh yeah. Out of like, I think it was actually Jackson Riker's hand. It was. Like that was a, that was a cool spot. I think the pairing is really good. With yeah. styles and all that. It's a perfect pairing. I think they should win the tag team titles. That's AJ only needs the tag straps to win to be a grand slam. They gotta win the Which tag is crazy. Team. He's been in company for like five years. Yeah. Today, yeah. five years ago today, uh the twenty fourth. Wow. I saw the video on Instagram this morning. Wow. The anniversary yeah. of his debut. Crazy. He's doing better than Cesaro. He's doing better than Cesaro. Yeah, he is. Yeah, no, he is. Love it or hate it. AJ Styles is, you know. Like one of the like honestly top three wrestlers of the 2010s, and it's like yeah, yeah absolutely. And I'll put it out there. I agree. Yeah. I think it's him. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, I think that if you're talking overall in the in the world for the last decade, him, Okada, and Omega are my three, in my opinion. Um, yeah, that's a discussion yeah, I think, for I think another my day. Be a little different. Well, it looks like we have another part. We have part three lined up now as well. We're going to go part, <laughs> talk about the streak, and then we're going to talk about the greatest wrestler of the decade. Then uh, Baron Corbin. We're going to talk about the greatest wrestler of the decade. <laughs> yeah, no, the best wrestler in the world, <laughs> yeah. Shane McMahon. I don't know about you guys. I'm down for a part four where we just talk about Rusev on a tank, though. <laughs> <laughs> we could kill a lot Straight of dead air time with that one. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, guys... Um, I think Angelo and I can both safely say this is the most fun episode we have ever recorded. I have not laughed this much ever doing these episodes. So I hope you guys had a good time. Hope you guys will uh, join us again You know, at some point down the line. We've had Raph before. Hopefully Adam and Evan, you guys will join us at some point. Uh, Angelo, anything you want to say to our guests? Oh, man, it was, it was a pleasure having them. And, uh, you know, getting to know their taste in wrestling in like a personal aspect, I guess. So definitely, definitely enjoyed sharing this episode. And our, our wonderful guest, anything you want to leave our fans with? Uh, Go ahead, Evan. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll leave it up to the listener to, de- to decide. <laughs> they know. They know. <laughs> they, they know. Peace. Yeah. Uh, I hope you, all, all you beautiful people out there, 
the beautiful people is a very good song by Marilyn Manson. Uh, but I hope all you beautiful people out there have a very great day, have a very great life, and I hope you are able to enjoy the Royal Rumble coming up, which I do believe will be posted. This podcast will be posted before then. It'll be posted and in about an hour. WrestleMania. <laughs> I hope you guys all enjoy WrestleMania. I hope you have a fun time listening to the podcast. I really appreciate you guys for inviting me again. Evan, I'm glad to see you. Glad to just hear you and actually talk to you the first time. Adam, you as well. I, I do appreciate yeah. just meeting you guys again. And hopefully down the line, we'll have another 70 parts to this one podcast. <laughs> all right. And, and uh, Adam, Evan, yeah. anything else? I mean, Rav kind of said it well, you know, it's a good, good to be here. It's a good podcast. It's like it's always good to talk about wrestling with your boys, obviously. Um, it's like the Rumble's coming up. The Dory Rumble's the best pay per view of the year outside of WrestleMania. So it's always going to be a good time. So, uh, yeah. Till then, have a good one. Rusev on Tank. All right. I think well, I should actually, I feel like I should say a legit statement instead of what I did. <laughs> I, I just want to say thank you, obviously, of course, because, I mean, Thank you for opening up the doors to your podcast, for letting us come on here, rabble on for almost two hours now, I think. Yeah, just about. Yeah, it was cool to have to be here. I mean, you guys already probably know, you at least you guys that I'm talking to, um, I barely got back into wrestling after almost a year and a half of nothing and it was it's always fun to like listen in to your to your podcast specifically because I mean you're the only one I really know so well thank you well we appreciate we appreciate that we appreciate that and we appreciate you guys coming on it was a lot of fun like I said and hopefully you'll be back at some point in the future so on behalf of our guests, Austin. Uh, no, no, oh, Austin's not here. Sorry, whoa, Austin. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm exhausted. We don't talk all right? about that here. It's been a long we day. Get them on. It's been a long day. I've been up for like 16 hours. Okay. Uh, on behalf of our guests, Raf, Adam, and Evan, as well as my uh, co-host Angelo, uh, we thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast. We will see you again very soon, and always remember to never be afraid to be a fan. So long, everyone.